what's my purpose? How many people out there have things that they want to do and they've never done them? And you're like, well, why haven't I done it? Am I afraid of failing? Am I afraid of like losing? Am I afraid of people looking at me saying he's not good enough? He's not smart enough. He's not good looking enough. He doesn't know what he's doing. Who's he to think he can do this? Who's Dave Scatcher to think he can write a book? Who's Dave Scatcher to think he can play in the NHL? The odds of that stuff are just so far extrapolate. If I had a rational mind, my rational mind would go, you know what? Dave, it's like one in like millions to make the NHL. So like, let's just do something else. Cause like that's the odds are against you, Jason, you know that. So just shut it down now. Dave, a best-selling Amazon book. You know how many people write books and never become bestseller? Yeah, I know, but I just have this thing on my heart. I got to get it out. Nah, you know what? Let's not do that because people might judge us and people might look down on us and people might say your story's crazy and da 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 It's so easy just to like pack it in because that's what the little weird voice on your shoulder is telling you. But where's that coming from? That's coming from some programming somewhere that somebody gave us that we've adopted as reality. That was David Scatcherd, and you are listening to the Up My Hockey podcast with Jason Padolin. Welcome to Up My Hockey with Jason Padolin, where we deconstruct the NHL journey, discuss what it takes to make it, and have a few laughs along the way. I'm your host, Jason Padolin, a 31st overall draft pick who played 41 NHL games but thought he was destined for 1,000. Learn from my story and those of my guests. This is a hockey podcast about reaching your potential. Hey there, and welcome back to the Up My Hockey podcast with Jason Padolin. I am your host, Jason Padolin, and today we have Dave Scatcherd, former guest of the Up My Hockey podcast, uh, back for another episode. Uh, Dave's interview, the first time through, part one, we will call it now, uh, was really one of the best of. I mean, I'm so proud of all the interviews and all the guests, but Dave's uh, Dave's stories, uh, Dave's connection to his career, the adversity that he faced, uh, the things he overcame, uh, they're all like so <laughs> up my hockey perfect uh, that it's been one of the most celebrated interviews that I had to date. So... Part of that interview, though, and if you haven't listened to it, I definitely suggest you go back and listen to it. But part of the problem with the part one, we'll call it, was that we didn't even get through probably, I think it was like a, a half of, of Dave's career. Like we, we didn't we didn't get in to his concussions. We didn't get into uh, when he had to leave the game and his comeback and, and all these things that happened. And, and we talked at the time about having him back um, to to finish the interview, essentially. Now, Dave has a book out. And ironically, it's called The Comeback. So uh, this book was released. I follow Dave on social and and, uh, and see what he's up to. And he was promoting the book. And I was like, well, hey, I'd love to help you promote this book. And maybe this will be you know, the reason we can finish part two, right? What we originally planned. So Dave said, yeah, sure, let's do it. So uh, I, I didn't have time to get the book and to read the book myself prior to this interview. I thought that we would just discuss it. And due to the uh, title of the book, I assumed that it would cover the material I thought that we had not covered in the first episode. So we get into this, start talking about the comeback, start talking about his book, and quickly this interview departs from what I expected it to be and goes down a completely different road. Now, 
I think it's a road that's awesome. And I think it's a road that was totally worth going down. And I think it's one of the things that makes my podcast beautiful is that I do not have a structured um, set of questions that I'm methodically going down. Uh, I want it to be conversational. I want the I want the discussion to go wherever it needs to go. And here you are going to be in for a surprise, just like I was on where this discussion leads to. Um, that's about all I'm going to give you right now. But as with all things conversational, um, sometimes you just got to go there. And we went there. Uh, Dave went there full out. I went there full out. I know you're going to enjoy this. There's lots of gems and lots of good stuff, uh, but maybe not quite the typical content you would get from me in an Up My Hockey episode. But without further ado, we welcome back to the podcast, Mr. David Scatcherd. Enjoy. <laughs> Hey, buddy. Hey, look at that intro. Holy smokes. I know, right? We're getting big league around here. Yeah. Big league. Um, so welcome back to the program. It's Dave yeah. Scatcherd. Now, uh, as, as I see on your name tag there, Amazon number one bestseller. <laughs> Great to have you with us, man. I thought you'd get a kick out of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, we're doing it, man. It has been... Uh, we only spoke a few months ago, but things are cooking and um, things are going really well. And like you mentioned, we we got the book out there and launched that. And that was scary and exhilarating at the same time. And uh, yeah, it's taken off. So we're just trying to stay at number one bestseller. And I saw some some guy was trying to track us down at number one. I don't know if he passed us or not, but, uh, you know, hopefully we can get back up on top and it's funny because like i don't normally care about this kind of stuff like has i haven't even checked like like books don't really make a lot of money everyone out there but like i haven't even checked the uh, sales or anything i've only checked like number one status because like i hate losing <laughs> i just want to like be number one and it was crazy the the first day that my publisher sent, sent me he said uh hey um dave uh look who's number two and it was like my book and then Gretz, Gretz's book and then uh, like two or three down was like Messier's book and uh I was like that's the, that's the only time I'll ever be ahead of those guys with like anything and their books have probably been out a while so it's like all right I'll take it you know I took right. a picture of the screen and uh sent it to my mom and I said that you know this is kind of cool <laughs> and um yeah it's just been it's been so cool because it's made me realize that I think a lot of people wish they could write a book or have a story inside of them. So then people that I didn't even think cared about me or knew me or anything have reached out and said, Hey, congrats on the book. It's awesome. And like, you know, I wish I could do that one day or that's really cool that you were brave enough to share your story. And um, yeah, it's wild. Cause I'm getting things back as a gift that I wasn't really expecting. You know what I mean? I just knew that I had to get it out and just had yeah. to get it out and done beats perfect. And we just got to get it out there. So, so we did. Yeah. Good for you, man. Well, I mean, I thought, 
I mean, for those of you, some of my faithful listeners, like uh, our our first conversation, this is now our second. You know, I mean, has uh, did really well, and and you know, I've, I've used some of the stuff even with my private clients. You know, that that you shared, and um, it was just an awesome conversation, which I really enjoyed. But as usually happens um, in in my in my pod, like you missed just so much, and we essentially like only covered. I don't know if you remember, like kind of like the first half, not mm-hmm. even of your career, right? And then. And then, so now the book's out, and with the comeback, you mean, and I haven't had a chance to read it yet because it just came out. Um, I assume that's you, like leaving the NHL and then making your way back to it uh, on a on a personal level, and also as an athlete. And we never even talked about that last time. So, wow. uh, like, you know, like, what a great <laughs> opportunity to get back here, get Sketch on. Um, we'll promote the book, um, which why not? You know, of, of course we want to do that. And then we'll probably get into the, the stuff that we miss. So uh, anyways, you were gracious enough to say, yeah, let's do it. And uh, and here we are. Yeah, of course. You know, anything you need. And, you know, I love all my, all my hockey buddies and I appreciate them going for it and putting themselves out there. And I, I appreciate all my Canadian listeners and, you know, the Okanagan people and all that. So yeah, anything you ever need, you got it. And as far as the the title of the book, um, it's interesting that you, th- you, you assume that that's what the title is, right? Um, there's a little uh, twist <laughs> to <Yeah>. the story. <laughs> so uh, I'm not going to even go there. I've blown it on a couple other podcasts where I kind of spoil spoil the ending but uh it's it's different than most people think and uh i was really nervous about doing it and saying it all and telling the truth but um since i have it's been amazing that the doors and and communication that's opened up for me already and um yeah it's just what i had to do so right so okay, so then g- good stuff. So there is there's some irony or some coincidence, or there's something in in that title um, that is that is going to leave us surprised. Is there something um, that you can share about that? Um, I, I know you're you're you're. Uh, I mean, you've been into personal development now for a long time, uh, probably even before you knew it was called personal development. And then uh, you know, with with kind of your dark days and and uh, and what you went through there, I, I know coming out. Uh, from that, that there was a lot of introspection and a lot of research and coaches and, and everything else a, a, along there. Is is it is there something to do with the personal journey that you can share outside of the hockey scheme? <laughs> I'm just gonna have to blow it again because I can't keep a secret. But um, yeah, man, this this when we were trying to and here here's what it looks like. So when we were trying to come up with the title and the book cover and, and what it was about. Um, there are multiple, multiple comebacks that I make during this book. And it's kind of like this resiliency and this like way to keep going when a normal person would stop or where, when it just becomes too much. And then, you know, the irony of that title of that book is, um, oh shoot, I might as well just say it. Uh, during my last injury, my fifth concussion, um, I, I died. I, I left my body and I began leaving my body, looking down on my body while the trainer was working on me, while the paramedics were working on me, while they're wheeling me off on a stretcher. 
and that literally just went into like blackness and you know uh this is all in the book so i'm not i mean if you're getting it you're gonna read it anyway so um so i'm in this darkness i'm watching myself leave my body i'm like what the hell's going on and for everyone out there like i didn't grow up in church or anything so like i don't really have any spiritual experience other than just praying and on my own and stuff and uh after a certain point in this void um what was revealed to me was the most beautiful thing that i can ever explain and that was this expansive space of just pure light like the most beautiful light that you could ever imagine but the crazy thing about the light was that it had like depth to it it, it, it was actually like pure love so i know we're warming up the podcast pretty quickly here but it's like <laughs> we go from like like chit chat to like all right let's talk about it so uh uh this pure love just started to pour into me and just like melt me to the point where there was no dave there was no body and what was crazy was i could breathe like forever like there was no stopping point for my in-breath and there was no weight and there was no stress there was no worry there was no burden there was no doubt there was no fear there was no anxiety it was like literally being like free and i was like what the heck is going on and i just started crying i felt like so overwhelmed by how beautiful it was and how loved i felt i, I actually felt like i didn't deserve the love like i felt like something was um undeserving of of me desert of, of receiving that love so um anyways sorry i'm trying to adjust something here on my camera um so so this love comes pouring into me and i don't know what is possibly happening and at a certain point, I didn't see a man in a robe or anything like you'd think, like, you know, uh, what I felt, though, was the light, like, lift me up like a little child and start to, like, stroke my hair and hold me. And the light was, like, pouring into me, like, filling my heart with so much love and then exploding out of me at the same time to the point where, like, there was no separation between me and the light. Like, I was the light and the light was me, but the light was, like, radiating out of me and exploding out of me and i just sat there and i just cried and after a little while i started this communication and i was like confused and the message back to me like i'd think it's something and then the message back would be like instant and just kept saying like you'll be okay it's gonna be okay don't worry and i'm just like what what's going on and you know it's okay you're home now it's okay that's like and i'm like i don't understand like what's what, what's happening and you know i'm i'm scared and all this and it's like it's okay it's just like like a parent's like love like telling a little kid like it's gonna be okay and at a certain point i started just walking with the light and i'm holding the light's hand and i felt like a little boy just walking with the light and the light was taking me somewhere okay now up until this point it was the most beautiful experience ever like the most blissful free soft loving state that you've ever could imagine beyond anything earthly and um i end up uh i end up 
just glancing down and I had this a weird vision for like, like two seconds. And it was my one-year-old, my two-year-old, my four-year-old and my wife at my funeral, all wearing black, dressed in black. And um, they were at my funeral and the casket was starting to go into the ground. And my littlest guy, my one-year-old, ran up to the casket and just was crying and threw himself on the top of the casket as it was starting to go into the ground. And the first scoop of dirt from the grave digger guy hit my little guy on the back of his black suit. Like I could picture it like so clearly. It was like crazy. And I just stopped walking. And I said to the light, I'm like, can I go back? And it was like loving in a way. It's like, well, you can, but you don't have to. Everything's going to be okay. And I'm like, uh, I don't know about that. I think I have to go back. And once again, the message to me was, you don't have to. Everything's going to be okay. And this went on back and forth, back and forth, back and forth until the point where I just said, my kids are pretty little. I don't think that they can go without a dad. I think I want to go back. And here I am. Imagine this, Jason. It's like you're finally made it. It's like you're at the finish line. It's like everything's perfect and you're happy and it's unbound and it's loving. And it's like, ah. and then you're like, uh, I got to go. <laughs> it's like, what? No, you're, you don't have to go anywhere. You're here. You're home. I'm like, ah. I said, I don't think I can. And it was almost like like laughing like a dad would. It's like, listen, you don't have to. It's okay. And I'm like, I know, I know. But I think I want to. I, I think I must go home. It's like, okay. If you want to go, you can go, but you don't have to. I'm like, uh, okay, I'm going to go. And I said, look, I know you're real. This is beyond anything that I could imagine. What do you want me to do when I go back? Like, give me a mission. Like, am I supposed to go sell all my stuff and go do a, some mission trip and give all my money away? Like, just tell me what you want me to do. And the message was so simple and beautiful. And you can imagine this is what God would want. He said, I want you to take this feeling of pure, unconditional love that you feel right now, this joy and this happiness, and I want you to take that back with you. I want you to share it with each and every person that you come across and look into their eyes and love them like they're your brother or your sister. Because they are. And I said, that's it? <laughs> like, I can do that. It's like, yeah, that's it. And I'm like, are you sure? Like, is, is there anything else? Like right before I was about to go, I turned around. I said, is there anything else? And the message back to me was, I just want you to share this story too. Share the story. So I came back. I did the first part <laughs> perfectly. And I kept that a secret for like a year and a half. I didn't tell my wife. I didn't tell the trainers. I didn't tell anybody. And it's like our ego, right? Like I didn't want people to think I'm a weirdo or like that I'm a Bible thumper or that like this, that, or that some like weird thing. And I was afraid of what people would think if I told the truth about what I saw. So I didn't. Like usual, old Dave would just bottle it up and shove it in the corner and hope it doesn't come up and just try to be normal and fit in and da 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 all the old uh, patterns. And it took probably two or three bottles of wine 
with Matthias Oland at my house in Scottsdale. He came to visit and we got into the wine and he started asking me about my concussions because we hadn't seen each other in a long time. And Oli and I used to be roommates in Vancouver and him and his wife were there and my wife was out of town. And I said, I, I got to tell you like the truth. Like I saw this, like, <laughs> I didn't know how to describe it. Like it was, it was insane. Like, and he, his, his jaws on the floor, his wife's jaws on the floor. And he's like, what does Brooke say? <laughs> my wife. And I go, I haven't told her. <laughs> he's like, you haven't told your wife. I'm like, no, I go, I was afraid. And I was afraid because there was a huge part of me that didn't want to come back. Like I was in perfection. Like, why would you leave that? And then Jason, what happened was when I came back down here, I thought it would be all, I've got the secret. I've been blessed. Like, da, da, da. And it was the exact opposite, bro. I went through hell and I was coming back into my body. I'm in the paramedics thing. They cut off all my gear. My skates are still on and I'm still blissed out. I just got a dislocated jaw, broken nose, broken ribs, broken collarbone from the hit, bleeding in my brain. And as I'm coming into my body, I'm saying to the paramedics, I'm like, oh my God, did you guys see that? Like, that was amazing. <laughs> and they're like, sir, you've been in an accident. You're at the hotel. You've been unconscious for the last 11 minutes. Um, we're going to take you up and get a brain MRI. We're going to get see if you might have broke your neck. I was on a spinal board. And then I slowly started to come back into my body. And the weight of this place and the injuries and the pain and the heaviness of being here as opposed to there, that almost killed me again. It was, it felt like an elephant was just sitting on me, squishing the life out of me. That, that's how like bad it felt after being there. And it just got worse for three years, man. The headaches, the, the memory was gone. I had no memory. I was like retarded. I, I, my brain just didn't work. Um, I would try to think of a thought and it would just disappear. When I was a kid, I had a really good good memory. It was like borderline photographic where I could be in tests and stuff and I could pull up pages and I could like read paragraphs and stuff of stuff that I studied before. Now, fast forward, I'm 35 years old, broken. I can't remember like anything. My long-term memory, I can remember my whole childhood perfectly. I couldn't remember anything from like yesterday or an hour ago or 30 minutes ago. And it was terrifying, bro. Like I thought I was losing my, I, and then three years at the Mayo Clinic, I'm taking Alzheimer's medicine at the age of 35. I'm dragging my leg when I walk. I slur my speech. I'm fat. I can't sleep. My headaches never go away. I'm drinking myself to sleep and I'm sitting there. And what do you think? How good do you think I felt about my decision to come back here was when it was the worst position I'd ever been been in physically and mentally not to mention losing your identity as a hockey player too like that's a huge thing for just people normally but when your brain's broke and you're thinking crazy thoughts and stuff like it gets pretty dark pretty quick so don't worry guys the story gets better it does have a happy ending but i had to take you there with me because that was my reality i was freaking terrified and uh, if it wasn't for some miracles that happened and if I would have accepted the Mayo Clinic, the best doctors in the world told me, they're like, Dave, 
we've ran every protocol we have for you for the last three years. And um, there's just parts that aren't going to heal. Like, we're sorry, but when the brain's been damaged like this, it's called permanent disability. You'll be permanently disabled and that's okay. Like you can still sort of function. I went, I went out to my truck and I just started bawling. I'm sitting in my car just crying. And I remember like being a pretty warm day in Scottsdale and I'm just crying in my car and I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, I can't, I couldn't even like, I couldn't work. I couldn't take care of my kids. I couldn't take care of myself. I was in pain constantly with the headaches. Like it never went away. And I just wanted to like escape and like check out. And uh, yeah, it's weird to even talk about it now. Cause like, I'm, I'm so far past that, but like have writing this book and having to go back there and like share some of the stuff as part of my comeback. Like my comeback was from, <laughs> heaven back here is the real comeback and nobody knows that. So that's the twist of the book, but um, the book is very exciting and everything leading into this. And then it's just like, what the hell, where did this come from? And, um, and then the next phase is about like rebuilding it all from scratch and some, some miracles where I finally got to reconnect to that love and that light in like the most intimate, beautiful way. And the point now where like, there is no separation again between me and that. So yeah, that's what uh, 12 chapters. Is. <laughs> that's where it takes us. <laughs> wow, man. That's uh, yeah, that's quite a ride. And I, there's, as I'm listening there, I was just being present with you and what you were saying and trying to keep my, my uh, interview head on too. Like, cause there are so many, I mean, curiosities and questions, um, obviously, that come along with, with what you just shared there. Um, one of which is, I mean, that's essentially an NDE, which I've actually done. I mean, I've done a lot of, I shouldn't say a lot, but I have read probably more than most people have about them. Um, and this is a hockey podcast, but uh, we, we, you, you've now talked about, um, you know, creator and God and these types of things. And that was something that I definitely explored quite extensively in my 20s, um, which is when, because I was raised Catholic, right? Mm -hmm. So I was raised Catholic. My mom was Catholic. It was really important for her that I went to church and, you know, did, did the Sunday school and the whole nine yards and was confirmed and baptized. And, um, and then I was like, just my nature, it was just like, I'm curious. And some of the stuff didn't really make sense to me. And then, so then I went on this sort of exploration of, you know, world religions and everything else fell into NDEs and read about people's first person experiences and what that was all about. And, um, and yeah, I mean, like you're at, which I'm sure, you know, at this point, um, a lot of what you're saying there seems to be pretty common with, with the people who have experienced them these near death experiences, right? The light and the, and the love and the, and the connection. And it's like, it, it, it's not, it's what people experience. You know, what's weird is I purposely have not gone down the NDE road because I wanted to remember my experience until I got it out in the book. Right? right. Like I didn't want it to be cross pollinated with somebody else's stuff or whatever. So like, I want it to be pure of my own, but since I started to talk openly about this, the common stories are just flooding in like people all over the world are like, dude, the same thing happened to me. And oh my goodness. And like this feeling of like oneness and connectedness. And, you know, my wife was reading this and she grew up Southern Baptist and like, I didn't grow up in church. So like, I kind of don't have a, 
a pre preframe about like what church is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So in a way, I think it's a blessing to me because I don't have I don't have the rules and the checklist to make sure that this is God or this is not God or this is the right way or it's not the right way. I don't have any of that. So so for me, it's just really purely authentic, and I, and my experience is what took me there. So. You know, I think there is a line in the book and I I might have to take it out because like, I don't want it to be misinterpreted. But what, what I was sharing was that I think sometimes the confines of the church stop the connection of people because they think it has to be this way to be God. Okay. God can be, and the Holy Spirit can be a loving feeling that you get or this warmth that comes over you and melts your heart at a certain point. God can be this whisper of encouragement or love that you feel coming out of the blue. I don't necessarily believe that you have to be doing your Hail Marys or, or sitting in a inside of a church to be connected. I, I truly am being like, honestly, it sounds weird, but it's like I feel like I'm being given the next steps like, all throughout my life. And the more that I act on them, the more quickly I get more. So it's almost like when you're listening and you're, God's like, oh, I got one here. <laughs> we got a live one here, right? And fearlessly. This is a true story. I, I, I had these experiences. I come back. I'm walking through Target down here in Scottsdale. I hadn't seen my family in a couple of days. We're all walking on Target. We get this shopping thing. We're, we're going through the checkout. And I walk by and God's like, you got to help her. And I'm like, where'd this voice come from? First of all, and secondly, help who? And I look behind me and there's this big old checkout girl. Okay. She's quite overweight. And, um, that was the message I had to go like speak to her. And I'm like, I don't know what to say. And God's like, yes, you do. So I walk back. There's a lineup of people like waiting to go next. And I said to her, um, excuse me. Uh, is it okay if I give you a hug? Okay, Jason, you gotta understand, we never spoke. Like we don't know each other. And she just bursts out crying and she lays her head on my chest and we just cry together. And there's people in line, like instantaneously. Like we were like, like I knew her and she knew me. There was no separation, just like in heaven, right? And I whispered in her ear all these things. Like it was like messages were just coming through. And I'm just like, listen, you are so loved. Like you have no idea how how loved you are. And someone gave me a message to give to you to tell you that you're loved. And I don't know you and you don't know me, but we know each other. I gave her a little peck on the cheek and I walked out wiping tears out of my eyes. I walk out, my wife's standing by the car because I have the car keys, right? She hasn't turned around yet. I come out, I'm wiping tears. She's like, what's going on, Dave? I'm like, ah, just God stuff. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and I never, so then my kids are like, what do you mean? What do you mean? And I told them the story. My wife's like, you're crazy. And I'm like, well, I don't know, I guess, but it was right. And the more times that I listen and I'm, I just follow without like judging it and be like, what do you mean? I'm supposed to go talk to that guy standing over there in the corner at the party. Like, what do I mean? What do you mean? I'm supposed to act up ask, and listen, Jason, this is where it gets really scary. It's like when I have a feeling like I'll be like, do you have a brother that's in the military or something? And the guy's like, what do you mean? Oh, my God. What do you mean? I'm like, yeah, uh, I think he's like thinking about you right now. It's like so wild, bro. So anyways, 
I don't want to get all weird, weird people out or anything like that. It's nothing like that, but there's some kind of blessing that I believe people get when they step into true alignment where there's just a sense of knowing and a sense of connectedness and oneness and authenticity that goes along with that. That's just like harmonious. And it's just kind of like, it's almost like one heartbeat of like everything and there is no separation. And that's like kind of the beautiful thing that I've been, that I now understand, but it didn't come until I removed all the armor and all the masks and all the stuff that I used to cover up the purest version of like little David, my little five-year-old self that was like this pure little sensitive kid that loved helping people. And, you know, I hadn't been programmed yet by society or rules or, or anything. I was just, I just was <laughs> like before somebody told you, Jason, a good boy does this or a good girl does this. Otherwise you're not a good boy or a good girl. You go and you put that in your data bank and all of a sudden you're like, well, I'm never doing that. Cause I want to be a good boy. Right. <laughs> right. If you don't do well on a test, you're dumb. Well, or or you fail. Like the fear of failure in our society today is insane. So people just don't try stuff because they're afraid of judgment or failure. When who made up those rules of memorizing vocabulary words made you smart? Like who made up the rules about these certain tests and how they affect your ability to be intelligent? There's so many other ways to be intelligent than for memorization. Like it's, it's, it's a weird broken model that the more they look at it, it's like, who am I? Who is, who's Dave Scatchard? Who's Jason Patolan? What's my mission now? Like, why am I on this earth? Is it to go get straight A's? Cause I did that and I didn't really make me very happy. <laughs> right? <laughs> like what's my purpose? How many people out there have things that they want to do and they've never done them? And you're like, well, why haven't I done it? Am I afraid of failing? Am I afraid of like losing? Am I afraid of people looking at me saying he's not good enough? He's not smart enough. He's not good looking enough. He doesn't know what he's doing. Who's he to think he can do this? Who's Dave Scatcher to think he can write a book? Who's Dave Scatcher to think he can play in the NHL? The odds of that stuff are just so far extravagant. If I had a rational mind, my rational mind would go, you know what, Dave, it's like one in like millions to make the NHL. So like, let's just do something else. Cause like that's the odds are against you, Jason, you know that. So just shut it down now. Dave, a best-selling Amazon book. You know how many people write books and never become bestseller? Yeah, I know, but I just have this thing on my heart. I got to get it out. Nah, you know what? Let's not do that because people might judge us and people might look down on us and people might say your story's crazy and da da da, da. It's so easy just to like pack it in because that's what the little weird voice on your shoulder is telling you. But where's that coming from? That's coming from some programming somewhere that somebody gave us that we've adopted as reality. I know this is a hockey pod, but I want to take you guys with me here because this is how my brain works. It's like my real life experiences have taken me right here, right now to this podcast for a reason. There's a message for somebody that's listening. So let's go there. I'm okay with that. Just going to take a break from the pod just to acknowledge Mental Health Awareness Day, which was this past weekend. Uh, which I think correlates perfectly to what this interview is and what Dave himself had gone through in his career and as a person. 
Um, and that is some dark days and that is some dark times. Uh, and now here Dave is on the other side of those dark times. You know, he pushed out of the pit as he as he has called it himself. And and now he's in a place of leadership and he's in a place of growth. And um, and he actually acknowledges and celebrates his his dark days as, as some of the reasons of why he's able to do what he does now so well. And that's connect with people and help them achieve the best that they can be. Um, so mental health awareness um, is massively relevant. Um, it's relevant to this show in a, in a way that um, we are in control of our thoughts. I think we are in control of our mental fitness uh, with the help of others sometimes we need, but there are tools and strategies and techniques out there that can be useful for you. And it's also relevant to have this awareness is because you are not alone. And the mantra is it's okay to be okay. And I'm 100% in agreement with that because uh, oftentimes we feel isolated when things aren't going well or things aren't going our way or things aren't going our way for a long time and we get caught in habits that allow these thought processes to continue, uh, the downward spiral to continue. Just recognize you're not alone. That people like Dave Scatchard, like myself, like Carrie Price, who recently had to step away from the game, go through times where they need support. So don't feel like you have to do this on your own and don't feel like you're, you are alone on this journey. Um, so self-awareness to recognize you're in a place you don't want to be is one thing and that's amazing. And the second thing is to do something about it. Uh, that's what I do with my clients. Uh, whatever the thing is, don't think that you got it under control and you will handle it. Because oftentimes when we think that we are going to handle it, what that means is we isolate and we don't change anything. So now all we've changed is that we isolate ourselves, we're not talking to anybody, and we're not actually changing the habits that might have uh, resulted in where we're at right now. So realize there are things you can do. Realize there is support there. Realize also that the best thing you can do is to not internalize, is to either write, speak, get it out of your head to someone or to paper or somewhere, something, and get the help that you need. Um, this is a human condition. It's not just to you. Uh, again, it is okay to be okay. And, um, and it's people like Dave Scatchard who share their story and let people see inside their lives that allow others to think, you know what, maybe I'm not alone here. So realize you're not alone and realize there is help and please be courageous enough to go seek it. Uh, whether you're a hockey player, football player, um, or a student at school, uh, no one is too strong or too resilient or too uh, macho to have this not affect them, right? Um, realize that it is a human condition and we all go through it. And, uh, and I encourage you to get the help that you need. Now back to the episode with David Scatchard. Oh, of course. And I think that there's, I mean, there's parallels for sure for, for people listening. What I mean, not everyone's going to have your experience, of course, but I mean, what you're talking about there with the, with the mistakes and the fear of failure and other people's opinion and, and judgment and um, all these things require courage, you know, and, and they were, and they require an approach and a perspective that I think do apply to what this whole podcast is all about, you know, which is growth and development yeah. and a lot of things that I think uh, I think the secret sauce for players right now is personal growth like not not more power skating and and not more skills it's like how do you become a better person and in, when you do that when you develop the person you're the athlete right the committed dedicated athlete that's prepared to go a little extra to get a little uncomfortable to do these things 
is going to allow you to chase these goals and dreams that these players have. And I think like for me, like that's a parallel to what you're talking about, you know, like you and the book and you and everything is, is like, you're always prepared to take one more step. You're always prepared to go a little bit farther. And, um, my gosh, if that's not a, a positive, inspiring message for anyone in in the hockey world, I don't know what is. Yeah, man. No, I totally agree with you. And like, let's just say that I had the, uh, and I've used this a couple of times. So you, you, um, you, well, you probably haven't heard it, but when I coach, I teach this. It's like, you know, when you have a, uh, if I gave you the, 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 the perfect, perfect toolbox and it had all the tools that you needed to win at life, but your toolbox was just too small. There's tools that you'll never get to use because they can't put them in your toolbox. Like part of it is expanding our toolbox. Part of it is getting more bandwidth or more hard drive space so that we can bring in these new tools and these new ideas. And that starts with mindset. You're a thousand percent right. Like I could have the best training program. I could have the best book. I could have the best philosophy in the world. But if your brain is limited in its capacity to expand or to open up or to have a new idea or new philosophy and let your brain go there and have this possible breakthrough, if, if it's not wired right, it's just going to revert back to the default, which is like what you've been doing. And my guess is, is that what you've been doing probably hasn't been good enough in some way where you felt this hunger, where you there is a hunger to be more and do more, right? We all have it. So how do you hijack that? And rip it out and just create all this extra space to download as much as you need and just go there and like be open to it and let it like take you where it takes you without judging it and be like, listen, I guess this is where it's going. I don't know where the hell this book's going. I don't know what stage I'm going to be speaking on. I don't know what podcast I'm going to get on. It doesn't matter. The, 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 what matters is I was given the message to share the story. So I share it. If Jason Padolan calls and says, hey, let's get you on the pod again. I'm like, boom, done. I don't know where it's going to go. But if it helps one person, I'm freaking all in. Right. And that's the game. And I love what you said about the mindset and 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 that being a difference maker. Um, and, you know, there's another part about like becoming somebody better. But I also think that there's a version of me and of you and of everyone listening that has done the thing. Okay, so like, let, let's visualize this. There's a version of me that never made it to the NHL. But that version didn't do the things that I did. I There was a version of me that was going to make that NHL. And what I did was I visualized that person coming back from the future, because I'm an external being, and that future coming back and telling me the steps that I was going to have to take to do that. I talk about asking for ankle weights for my ninth birthday. I talk about riding my rollerblades and racing the school bus to school every day with the kids cheering out the window while I'm racing every day to school. And I had a couple mile ride to go. Um, I talk about wearing a backpack full of weights and my ankle weights at practice to try to like make my legs stronger and puking and all the guys laughing at me because I pushed myself so hard during the bag skates. But in my mind, it made sense. <laughs> Didn't make sense to anybody else, right? And like, there's another thing is like, it's your vision that you're given. So don't, under, don't expect other people to understand your vision. It's your vision. It's not their vision. You're going to have haters your whole life. People will be like, that's stupid. What are you doing, Dave? You're never going to make the NHL. Okay, that's okay. I just feel like you don't know who the hell is inside of me at all. So you can't judge me. And, 
you know, Jason, this is, this is really a huge piece is like, and you've got it cause you're starting to put yourself out there and, and expand. But there are people that need to hear your message, right? That don't know. Uh, sorry. I don't know what's going on with my camera. There are people that, that need to hear your message that don't know that you have the show. There are people that are meant to hear my message that don't know I exist. And it's going to take me putting myself out there uh, daily to, uh, to be able to uh, do what I need to do. Yeah. I mean, that's a, you're, you're so right with, with that whole scenario, like me doing this, uh, there's a, there's a growth process to being able to be in front of a camera, to be able to speak passionately about something that I think can help, you know? And, and, and so you're, you're right in that, like in my own way, I had to get out of my own way in order for this to happen, you know, and with the intention of being, how the hell do you help? You know, how do you help? And and kind of feeling like in a line, I shouldn't say kind of, now feeling more than ever that I'm in alignment with where I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and just being brave enough to talk about, it. you know, like talking about developing the person instead of the hockey player in the hockey world. I mean, you know that. I mean, that's, that's, that's like people are like, what? What is he talking about? Mm-hmm. But once they, once you have a stage and once you're able to explain it, it starts to think in and it starts, it's starting to make a really big difference, right? To, to approach that, that, that whole approach, right? Is it, kind of upside down for what people are, are used to hearing. Mm-hmm. And not that this is like, you know, uh, revolutionary type stuff. I don't mean to make it bigger than it is, but be, for me to be able to speak on those terms knowing that there's going to be resistance and knowing that there's going to be some, as you say, haters or eyeball rollers, whatever the case may be, it requires some bravery, courage, whatever that may be, you know? Yeah. I'll give you something that you're going to love and probably use forever. And it's like, <clears throat> when I realize that it's not about Dave Scatcher or Jason Bedolin and like the message just needs to get out there and there's somebody that needs to hear it and they're hurting right now, and you're worried about your feelings or being hated on, or I'm worried about looking perfect or sounding perfect or writing the perfect book or getting the perfect lighting or having the perfect program. The longer I wait, the more suffering that person goes through. And trust me, like through my programs, I've had suicidal people. I've had crazy people that we've saved. And it's like, if I wasn't there, they wouldn't be here. And I've gotten those letters if I didn't get brave and step up and serve for no, no agenda other than to serve for the right reasons, who knows what would happen. And that's the crazy part is like, you imagine this is, this is personally what I, what I visualize. I'm going to share this with all of you and I hope you all get to use it. If I'm ever afraid of launching a product or a program or a book or a service or a live event or whatever, or a speaking gig, I imagine like let's just say 5,000, 10,000 people standing outside of a building, say in Milwaukee, Wisconsin during an ice storm. And I'm supposed to go on stage and they're there to see me. They're there to hear the message that I've been given to share with them. And I'm backstage. I'm like, I don't know if I want to do it. I don't know if it's good enough. Like, I don't know if we should, let's just cancel the event. Let's not do it because I'm scared. And all those people are freezing outside and they're starting to die of like hypothermia and stuff. Cause they're waiting on me. Like, when am I going to show up? Like when's Jason going to show up and serve 
big? When's Dave going to show up and serve like big? And once I open up those doors, that building's nice and warm and everybody comes in and they get what they came there for. But the longer that I'm worried about Dave Skatcher and his feelings, and if this makes sense or this is politically correct or da, 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 the more that they're freezing to death out there and they need to get inside. And I hope that helps you guys be brave when you run into something scary, because most of the time we'll do something more for other people than we will for our own selves. So I love that visual for me because it just makes me be able to be brave and be like, you know what? I just got to go like hit record. Let's go. <laughs> you know, and yeah. whatever comes up and the message will come. If you, if you, you don't even need to have, be prepared. It's like, whatever you were supposed to share will flow through you. This, this podcast wasn't scheduled to probably go this way, but it's going this way and it's perfect. Yeah. So, so I'm cool with it. I agree. Yeah, no, I'm just, I, I just, yeah, you got to flow. Uh, the more I get out of my way, the better usually stuff happens. Um, the better programs that I'm, that I've created, you know, that, that whole thing. And, and you love, I know you're in the same boat and you're in your, I mean, you're talking about life and death. I mean, I don't get life and death, um, thank yous, but I do get letters from parents, letters from players that like you make a big difference for, like with whatever the message is or the communication mm -hmm. is and you get them through something. And that is like exactly why you do what you do. And that's the thing is like, that gets me fired up is like, yes. Um, and sometimes those come just at the right time, right? Like, it's just like, oh my goodness, I, I needed, I needed to hear that, you know, to keep me rolling. Perfect. So like, let's just imagine that you're the creator, you're God, you're the universe. And all of a sudden, like Jason's listening and Jason delivers and serves like perfectly. Like, wouldn't the energetic field want to send you a reminder and like something that says like confirmation, like, Hey, good job. Keep doing this. Like you're helping people. Right. I look at those. Thank you. Letters is like, do more of this. Right. It's like, thank you. I appreciate you. You, you saved my life. You changed my mindset. You saved my marriage. You did whatever it is that you, I did. And I'm like, okay, good. That's working. Let's do more of that. And yeah. it's like, if, 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 that, if the energy field is trying to send you information, I listen to the field all the time, which is so cool because it's speaking all the time. It's speaking from me through you to, through the listeners. There's people out there right now. They're like nodding their head. They're going, wow, I could probably do some of this stuff. I could probably change the way I think I could probably look at life a little differently. Look at spirituality or religion a little differently. Like I'm not here to ram anything down anybody's throat. I'm just here to share my story. And whatever anybody picks is what they pick. And I don't have any judgment towards it. It's all perfect. Let's go back to that moment. That was one yes. of the things that I was wondering. So you had 11 minutes um, that you were unconscious that you were told. Uh, yeah. It, it, did Was there a moment there on that stretcher that you did? Like you, you, your heart, the heart stopped beating? Like was, was there a moment that these people actually brought you back? Uh, that's a great question. I don't, I don't know. All I know is that my trainer, uh, Chris Palmer, the next day uh, said that was the most scared he'd ever been on the ice with a player. And I blew it off. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'll be fine. I didn't. <laughs> like, I, if you open up that vault and you want to tell them what's really going on in your crazy head and all, like, I would have been committed probably because I was right. not thinking rationally. I was not, uh, and I kept it all to myself. And I went into my movie theater in my little Scottsdale home here and hid for like two years. Just, I, I couldn't be in the bright lights. I didn't want to be around loud sounds. I literally just went into hiding. Like some of my best buddies didn't know how 
how bad it was. If I can't play around a golf, like, you know, something's wrong with me. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? And like, they'd be like, Scott, you want to come golf? I'm like, no, no. And I just kept turning everybody away because they didn't want to. It's weird. Like, my pride didn't want people to see me so broken. And um, I was embarrassed. And I just went into hiding. I mean, it's scary. Like, we need to be around people. We need to share our thoughts. We need to share, talk about mental health. Like, we need to, like, be honest. We need to be real. And as a hockey player, I just learned to not, not, I was, I just deny it. I'm like, well, I'm not in pain or I'm okay. Or I don't need anybody or I'm, I'll be fine. I'll heal up. And it's like, none of it was happening. Cause I was like out of alignment and I was not being real. All right. The healing came when I got naked and vulnerable and honest and stopped trying to be the tough hockey player. There's no, nobody trying to take my job anymore. Nobody trying to fight me. No coach is trying to bench me. So why was I wearing all this armor still around trying to be like all hard and tough? Like freaking it's not, it's, it's heavy to wear that armor when you're no reason to. Right. So it's way better. You know, I've shared this on every single podcast, but I remember being in a Tony event, Tony Robbins and Tony told me, he goes, Dave, a wizard can do more in his pinky than a gladiator can do in his lifetime. So I'm like, all right, well, why don't I just try to be a wizard? I tried the gladiator thing and didn't work out so good. So maybe I'll look at the wizard thing and see what that's about. So that, uh, that moment on the ice, that was from a body check. Yeah. Yeah. And mm -hmm. you, is that, is that something that, that I could find on online? Ah, you know what? I've actually never looked for it. Uh, I was playing in Peoria and uh, Scott Ford uh, hit me from Milwaukee. He was actually a friend of mine and uh hit me uh one mississippi two mississippi kind of head on uh i was looking at, at my past that i had already made and um i was actually awake for like the first few seconds and then i just conked right out and i don't really remember like i had to watch the team's video to see what actually happened because i didn't know that was in 2011? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was post your first hockey comeback then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Crazy. So then yeah. that was that and that was the end of that was the end of your hockey career. That career. Year. Yeah. And then like check it out. So I'm thinking the whole time God's punishing me. Like he's punishing me. Why is God punishing me? I made the wrong decision. Like every day. I'm like telling myself this. So you can imagine how, how that makes you feel. So then just so, just so I, just so I understand your thought process. So you're saying punishing you for choosing to come back. No, like putting, putting this, well, I'll, that's an interesting thought. I never thought of that. I, I thought more like, I don't know, like rejected or something. I don't know. Like it was weird. Cause I knew God was real, but I'm like, why am I suffering? If God's real, I should be his angel on earth and just run around and help everybody. And like, why aren't I? But this is where it gets trippy. So I put this in the book after the second miracle. And the first one was removing the masks and armor. And then the second one was um, um, this kind of swish pattern thing that I was doing with this mental imagery in my head. So I'm brushing my teeth and 
this is after the second miracle and uh, I'm brushing my teeth and God starts to speak to me through my own eyes. So it's so weird. So I'm brushing my teeth and then this message starts to come to me and it's like, Hey, I'm so sorry that I made you suffer like that for so long, but you needed to live there and understand that intimately because the people that are going to be coming to you are going to be coming to you from places like that. And if you only had this thing to the NHL, you wouldn't understand it. I wouldn't be able to teach it or help them out of it. So I had to live there and know that feeling. So somebody comes to me in these weird states, super depressed or overwhelmed or anxiety. And like, I'm not calling in all those clients, but that seems to be like a lot that find me. Um, I can relate now. <laughs> I know what depression, I never knew what depression felt like before ever. I'd be like, suck it up. Let's go. Let's be happy. Let's get energy. <laughs> like I didn't, I had no compassion. Like I had no empathy for like sad people. <laughs> like I'm just like, let's go, let's be positive. And then like I lived there and I'm like, oh wow. Like you can't, you almost can't even see the light when you're at this lower vibration because there's just survival. Like you're just trying to stay surviving. You're not even thinking about thriving. And that energy level is so much lower that that vibration is so much less that you can't even think about anything grandiose because you're just trying to hang on by the skin of your teeth. And then it took some rewiring of my brain to be able to like start to like, okay, let's build on this. What do we got here? And then, and I come out of the pit and then I'm in neutrality. And then I'm like, how do I optimize again? And then ratchet up. And I'm like, okay, I think I got this. Let's see how many people we can help do this with. And last year we had 17,000 people go through our free challenge, you know, so we're having some impact and uh, helping people and they didn't have to be rich clients or celebrity or, or athletes that, that, that was a seven day free challenge. We did it four times and, you know, got to help a lot of people. And that was what I was called to do at the time. So it's always changing and it's okay. Like, I don't know where it's going, but I'll go there wherever I'm supposed to go. And yeah, man, it's like, this is my second go around now. So this is just for fun. This is a free roll, Jason. This is like, I can't lose. Like, for 10 years. Like, so like that, that, like you said, you I mean, you didn't want to tell anyone. No. So, so you, you, you had this experience. You didn't, you I mean, you kept it to yourself. Yeah. You're, you're, you've called it the pit. I've heard you talked about that before. You I mean, you get down in the pit, um, mm -hmm. You're experiencing this depression like you've never experienced before. Yet you've had this euphoric experience, right? And this yeah. new, this new connection to this other being or God, whatever you want to call it. Um, yet the message is now ten years later, right? So, like, like you said, you I mean things happen as they happen. Um, what was that experience? Check this out. Like? Yeah, this is coming to me right now. So, like, let me share it. So, what if I wasn't developed enough as a man? myself to be able to share the message maturely if i would have gave it 10 years ago like i don't think i would have been ready to share it right. i wouldn't have had the resource i wouldn't have had the the setup already like it's set up to help hundreds of thousands of people this year i built that infrastructure into my life and my business but if you gave me that when i was injured 10 years ago and you gave me a million people in my challenge i'm like sorry <laughs> like i don't know what i'm doing i can't do this Right. You give it to me now and I'm like, hey, let's go. Let's serve. Let's go. So that gift was held back. That, that's cool. I just, that's a breakthrough for me today is like, I didn't even realize that 
I wasn't even, I didn't have the bandwidth. Right. We were talking about that at the beginning. I didn't have the container that could do all of this before. It wouldn't have made sense. It would have not been positioned properly. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It, it's amazing when you just let things, I shouldn't say let, because it's not like you let things go and let these things happen. But when you do <laughs> let go, right? And like, and allow yourself to develop and that, let, how things move and not have it be all analyzed and, you know, this is the way it has to be. Um, it seems okay. to work, you know? Yeah. Like, so let, let, I don't want to interrupt, but it's on my, I'm getting this. So like, what if it's like when you're playing hockey, right? And you're trying to play perfect position and play perfect defense and just you're overthinking the game. You're trying not to lose the game. When you had your best games and you're scoring your hat tricks as a kid and stuff, I bet you don't even remember half of those games. It's just like easy. It's just flow. Like what if life was like that? What if like getting into that sweet spot in life? Like I believe that the zone, everyone thinks it's um, like miraculous to live, like see Michael Jordan being in the zone or all these people like that seem to be in the zone a lot. What if that's actually how we're supposed to be the whole time and anything less than that is just the programming? Because in the zone, you're free. There are no rules. It's a different world. It's a different realm that you're living in during that special moment that you're playing. So what if we could live our life in the zone? And then that's partly getting back to your optimizing the person or the part and the player and making them a better hockey player by making them a better person. It's the same thing. You're like up leveling their whole life, which is what I, I agree with the whole holistic model. I want the whole thing to be good. Yeah. If somebody's business and their finances and their relationship are all better, there, there's a good chance that they'll probably be happier and probably perform better. So why don't we just optimize the whole system? So I'm with you, man. It's like, you know, perfectionism and fear of failure and judgment stop so many dreams before they even get a chance to get going. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that just came. Uh, so I just created this program called the peak potential hockey project. It was like essentially on a whim um, mm -hmm. in June. I shouldn't say on a whim. It was back here. Right. You know, it was one of those mm -hmm. things like all the things that you read and all the experiences you have and mm -hmm. helping helping clients and moving forward. And it was just sort of percolating back there. Like what would, what would happen? And then the sequence of events, like my wife getting started on this program and all of a sudden I'm like, I'm just going to make this thing. Right. So I made it. And it was the first time that I really got out of my own way, you know, like with it, it was like one camera, single take, the thing just happened. Right. It was like happened, 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 happened. And, uh, and like players are absolutely loving this thing. Right. And it was like, you talk about flow, like, it, we always talk about it in athletic performance and you're talking about it with life. And it happened for me, like it, with this creation of this thing, like it just, it flowed, you know, and, mm -hmm. and that's, and, and it's good because it flowed and because I wasn't analytical and cause I didn't have to stop and I didn't say that word quite right or whatever, you know, it's like, get the message out, let these people hear it and then just get out of your own way. And, um, and when you can connect like that, it, it's obviously better. I mean, I've experienced it in different ways on the ice and off the ice, but I love it when it comes to that, when you can experience that flow outside of your, I mean, my usual container, which was always with skates on, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, so that's fun. And I really encourage that like that. that and that was that. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. And, and that, that energy, that, that the energy field was giving you that information to share and you listen to it. Right. You were getting like tapped on the shoulder. Hey, you should do this. You should do this. And you're like, I don't know. Like, and then you're finally like, all right, let's try it. Let's go. And you yeah. started it and it was in alignment. So it's just like whew, easy. 
It's not grindy. Yeah. And that's when you were in a proper alignment and that's the way that you were intended to be as just a message deliverer. So you're totally right. Like getting ourselves out of our own way, not making my first challenge, Jason, I don't know if I shared this on the last pod, but um, we, <laughs> I was sitting there and it was like, I heard this voice and it said, you need to help these people. And I'm like, help who? It's like, you know who? I'm like, no, I don't. It's like, yeah, you do. <laughs> I'm like, everybody? Everybody. COVID was going on. I had all these cool things I was doing with my one-on-one clients and they were actually thriving. Their businesses were doubling and tripling, quadrupling during COVID. And God's like, why aren't you sharing this with like everybody? So I'm like, how do I do it? I'd never done a challenge before. Like, I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to run Facebook ads. I didn't even barely know how to build slides. And I joined this $25,000 mastermind and they challenged everyone to launch a product within 30 days. I could have done a one day webinar. I could have started a YouTube channel. I could have done anything easy. And my brain goes seven day challenge. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what am I supposed to share? Well, I'll just do stuff you do with your one-on-one clients. So like, well, they paid me a lot of money for that. I don't want to just give it all away. It's like, no, 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 Dave, this is not about you. This is about everyone else. So get out of the way. I'll handle the rest. So like, you know, when your why is big enough, the how just shows up. The how will show up if your why is big enough. And that is like a game changer because when I realized how many people needed to hear a good positive message and change the energy of, of what's going on in their life during COVID, I'm like, people are going to like tune into this thing. <laughs> and the first challenge is called the get your SH exclamation mark T challenge get it together challenge. And then see that was when your challenge is called that you're probably not going to bring in a bunch of people that are just crushing life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's why I was getting a lot of those crazy uh, intense calls. Yeah. And then we, we had 2,500 people show up for that. My friend ran the Facebook ads for free. I was working around the clock. I was building slides five minutes before I go live and I had a day in between. So I'd do a show and I'm like, Holy, that went pretty good. What do you think they need tomorrow? I'd build the thing. I'm like, can I rip this for an hour? Yeah, I can do that for an hour. Boom, hit record. People just kept showing up. People kept showing up. Then they tell other people about it. And it started to grow. It started to grow. And we did that for seven days spread out over like 20 days. And I formed relationships with those people. And then I loved them like they were my brothers or sisters. And then they became some, some of them became clients and some of them never did. And you know what? They were all served. It had nothing to do with making money. It had nothing. It just showing up and like delivering the message. The next challenge I did was called the get your life together challenge. We did two of those, but same thing. You're not attracting your dream client when that's the name of your challenge to get your life together challenge. But that's what I was called to do at the time. And now my challenges are called the reawaken the champion within challenge. And uh, I'm going to create another one this year. That's really, really cool. Um, that I just came up with like two days ago. That's really awesome. And it's, it's going to blow people's minds with the level of uh, execution in it. People will leave that challenge, whether it's a five day or seven day that will leave that challenge becoming better and stronger in every category of their life. And so, yeah, man, uh, following the, the, the messaging and trusting it. And it's really like faith, right? Like faith is like believing in something that you can't see but you know it's there and you know it's real. It's like your purpose. And if you really are faithful, like think about it, this is crazy because I don't really talk like this, but if you're 
truly faithful, you should never be afraid of failing. Like ever. <laughs> like you'll be take it'll work. You, you'll be taken care of. Whatever's supposed to happen is going to happen. So like just have faith and just rock it. And then if you got to adjust or tweak or whatever later, you can. But like the, the hardest part is getting started. You know it, going to the gym, putting your shoes on, getting to the gym. Like that's the hardest part. Once you're in there, it kind of just like takes care of itself. But like showing up every day, that's like, that's the hardest part. Yep. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, so the comeback, is that is back? Is that where you start? Is that where you start, like on the stretcher? Or like, do you talk about hockey at all? Like, oh, what, yeah, no, 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 no. Listen, listen, there's so many cool stories. So, like, the first two thirds of the book is all hockey. Okay. So, all my hockey fans out there, don't freak out. Don't think this is some crazy book or something that's not about hockey. I share intimately my habits, my routines, and the things that I did as a little boy that nobody taught me. I just kind of did them. But looking back on it, like, they were the foundation and the building blocks of what made me successful later. And I didn't know that the thing about the rollerblades, the thing about the ankle weights, the thing about the plates in my backpack, you know, the way that I would think as a little boy, the way that I would like emulate players and, and how I would play those games and funny road trips of when I'm driving across Alberta as a 14 year old without a license, going from Medicine Hat to St. Albert, going from Medicine Hat Tigers camp to St. Albert camp when I've never driven in my life. And my dad just couldn't keep his eyes open. And we had to get to St. Albert by the morning because the, the practice was going in. We thought Portland might list me if I could get over there. He's like, well, the only way you can go is if you drive because like I can't keep my eyes open. He'd worked a night shift in the coal mines and then like he couldn't even function. So I'm driving down the center of these prairie roads by myself. And I, I thought my dad was joking. Like he'd wake up and correct the wheel and stuff. And like, you know, when you're young and you oversteer, like I was almost in the ditch like 20 times. There was a time when I went to St. Albert uh, Saints junior camp when I'm 12 years old and it was main camp by accident. I, and I was 12 and I wasn't supposed to be there, but somehow we got an invitation and then we couldn't afford a hotel because we didn't have a lot of money. So I stayed in my dad's coal mining truck that night outside of the rink. It was freezing freaking cold. We were frozen all night long, sleeping in our sleeping bags. I wake up and there's these like big, huge, you know, 18, 19 year old players getting out of their cars with beards and like chest hair. And I'm like, dad, are there two ice surfaces here? Like, who are these guys? And I walk in and my dad's like, well, we stayed the night in the truck. Like, you want to play one game and see how it goes? I'm like, yeah. So we have to convince the GM that I'm going to go to main camp with these guys. My first shift, line brawl with two heavyweights that were put on the ice to protect me. I had my XL7. Remember those helmets and masks? I had an XL7 helmet on and mask, full Cooperalls. I was the only guy in Cooperalls. Everyone else had like shorts and stuff. I couldn't raise a slap shot. So you're doing the half moon circle. It's like boom, boom, boom. And then it's my like, tink. And it like slowly dribbles. The goalie doesn't even look at my puck. He just goes over and stops all the other ones. But I play, I end up playing amazing after I got over my fear. I had two goals and assists in the game winner of, of the last day of the scrimmage. And I remember driving home and I'm asking my dad about this is a funny story. I'm embarrassed to share it, but I will. Uh, they're like, everyone kept talking about bald eagles in the dressing room like all the time. And I'm like, why is everyone, is there bald eagles in St. Albert dad? Like, why does everyone keep talking about bald eagles? And like, I had no idea. I was 12 year old boy, right? Like I was a little boy, 
if you guys can get the drift. Like I was showering with the boys, they're talking about bald eagles, everyone's making noises and stuff like that. The whole training camp, I have no idea what's what they're talking about. And they're talking about little 12 year old Dave, who, you know, I was a young boy, I hadn't uh, matured at the time. And I'm in the showers with all the big boys, just washing off like I belong, you know what I mean? So, you know, the book's filled with like hundreds of stories like that. Uh, I literally had, uh, we had to cut out like, I don't know, probably like 50 stories and really just take some of the the highlight stories because this journey has been so wild. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it, what a rush. Like, I mean, to be able to sit back and like, it's kind of hard to put how many years, 40 something, 40, I'm 45 now. So 45 years of content into 270 pages. Um, it's kind of crazy. No, I, did, I agree. But, and I, and actually now, like you said, things go where they go. Um, I'm grateful that I didn't have a chance to get it in my hands before I even chatted with you, because like I said, <laughs> you kind of blindsided me. I, I assumed there'd be something like with, I knew about the pit, but I didn't know about obviously the comeback, you know, like the, the, the NDE, if I'm allowed to, mm-hmm. if I'm allowed to use that term. So um, that was definitely a surprise to me and we're in the direction of, of our discussion obviously changed because of that. And we still have yet to talk, talk about your comeback in <laughs> hockey, which is 100% fine because um, really enjoyed the conversation. And I know I'm going to respect your time because you have another another show coming up. But uh, uh, we'll do our part here, buddy, to try and keep you at the top of the charts there and stay yeah. ahead of Greider and uh, and mess. Uh, so those of you out there, by all means, you know, support Dave. And sounds, I mean, D- Dave's story, from what I know uh, of the stories that he shared with me, um, are absolutely fantastic. And, and this is now from a hockey perspective, uh, you know, the, the ability to persevere, to be resilient, to prove people wrong, to keep showing up, to create a higher standard for yourself than others maybe have envisioned. I mean, all these things are, are so wildly inspirational and motivational uh, and an element of leadership. You know I mean, like it was, it's a lot of people don't have these types of people in their lives and they've never seen it before. So they don't understand how it could even be that way. Uh, and if you can be uh, implanted into that young boy or girl's life, you know, or that, or that adult's life and be like, oh, wow, there is this road, there is this option. Now I can maybe, uh, chase it or, or, or make that decision myself. You mean uh, amazing stuff. Um, so thank you for sharing. Thank you for being here. Uh, thank you for being you, uh, with all this. I wish you nothing but the best and, uh, hope you keep helping lives and we'll have to have part three here one day and we'll get into some more hockey stories. Yeah. Let's, let's say part three, we'll do all hockey. No, no riffraff, but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, Jason's totally right. Like just having an awareness that there may be another way. And if the way that you've been trying hasn't worked, you got nothing to lose to try like another way. Right. So I love that. That was really uh, great. And, um, you know, I can't wait to meet all your audience too. They sound amazing and uh, keep, keep buying Jason's stuff. He's, he's absolutely crushing it. And, uh, you know, I'm grateful for the opportunity to, to speak on your stage. And um, thank you very much. Thanks, Catch. Um, Till yeah. next time, buddy. You got it, buddy. Take care. All right. Thank you for listening to the end, faithful listener. Um, Dave is such a great guest. I always enjoy our conversations. Uh, he has a way of communicating uh, in a way that I find really open and I find him very, very vulnerable. And I find that uh, with that, um, there is leadership and there is ownership and there is uh, a transparency to him 
uh, that makes the conversation engaging. So I really like uh, anytime I have a chance to speak with Dave, and, and I'm really proud of, of Dave for being able to do what he's doing, not only with his work, but also with his book, and, and to share uh, to share that with others. And now that he's finally in a place, as he, as he talked about in the interview, to be able to share that story, uh, and where he is now, and the fact that it's also making a difference. Uh, being courageous enough um, to, to act in the service of others is is pretty powerful. Um, it's something that I try and be courageous with every day. It's, it's really the, the, uh, the foundation and genesis of this podcast is, is to recognize you know, what my own shortcomings were in the hockey world, um, to be able to dig into those and to be, able to be curious about it and to investigate and find out how what I learned from my own experience could help others. Um, so the acknowledgement and the vulnerability and, and the courage involved in doing that to get me to here has also helped many hockey players. So I encourage us all to find uh, in our own lives ways that we can give back, ways that we can be of service um, to others because uh, when we go to bed at night and we wake up in the morning, it really does um, connect. It, it connects with what being human is and, and I do think that that is being of service. So Dave, thank you for being of service and for everyone else out there, you know what to do. You play hard, keep your head up. Cheers.